Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. body weep with those that weep the Bible says God there's a lot of weeping be a lot of days of weeping God there's an emptiness in our hearts because of her missing and Lord there's no woman that could ever feel that emptiness like my mother-in-law we rejoice tonight knowing that she's with you. God, she's suffered a lot. The physical pain, that old body, it endured a lot. But God, we thank you for answering prayers many prayed for you to heal her. God, she's healed tonight. Lord, yes, we can weep with those that weep, but God, we can also rejoice with those that rejoice, knowing that absence from the body is presence with the Lord. God, we thank you for the promises, so many in your word, to never leave us nor forsake us. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God, you've been so good to this Caldwell family. I thank you, Lord, that I'm part of it. Thank you, Lord, that most of all I'm part of your family. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the heavenly family. God, it won't be long and we'll be in your presence rejoicing around the throne room of God. Lord, my mother-in-law sees her mother tonight, sees her dad tonight, sees the boy that they lost named Jonathan that never was born here on this side. God, she sees him tonight. Sees a lot of other loved ones, Lord, that because of her got saved and are in to spend time with our loved ones, to spend time with friends and family and see all the people in the Bible. But God, we're going to have all eternity to just thank you for what you've done. Came to this wicked world and saved sinners by dying for our sins. God, help us tonight to just worship you as, as hard as it may be. These old tired bodies haven't got much sleep. God, the, the tears that have flowed, the broken hearts. But God, we can still rejoice because of your word, because of the promises. 
God, in your house, in your Father's house, are many mansions, and you're preparing them. And God, because you're preparing, you, you're going to come and get us again one day to take us to where you are. God, what a day. What a glorious day, a, a reunion day. Lord, we pray that if there's any in our midst tonight that does not know you as their personal Savior, convict them of sin. Show them they're a wicked old sinner that cannot work or do anything to obtain an inch of heaven, much less any part of heaven. But it's all because of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Save their soul tonight. Encourage the saints of God tonight. Help us tonight, Lord. And Lord, I pray for Michael and Ashley, Lord, as they train up Natalie. God, the family that she's with that loves the Lord, the grandparents, the uncles and aunts and cousins. God, help her. Lord, that's a legacy to carry on the name of Jesus. Help her, Lord. God, there's no guarantee. But God, just help her. Help the parents. Help us all to love you more because you loved us. To serve you more because it's our duty. God, bless us tonight. Oh, Holy Spirit, help the man of God as he preaches to us tonight. Help us tonight, Lord. Bless us tonight. Bless my father-in-law. God, it's going to be a hard road for him. But God, I know you can help him. God, I know you can help him. God, help him. Help us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for what you do tonight. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray and for his sake. Amen and amen. get our hymn books 341 341 victory in Jesus let's stand as we sing it what a great song nowhere else can you have victory Amen. not like you can with Jesus victory in Jesus 341 as we sing together tonight
Josh, would you mind headed to the piano for me real quickly? Brother Tommy, don't get too far. You find whatever page I'm on the winning side is, and I'm going to get ready for Josh to sing a couple of songs here for us in a minute. But before he does, I'm going to have him play I'm on the winning side for us. I think that's a song he's heard a couple of times before and knows. Amen. And uh, But I think we need to sing that tonight. Amen. And uh, so if you're able, I'm going to have you stand back up. You'll be seated long enough in just a minute. Amen. But I'm going to have you stand back up. Now, if you're not able, don't feel under any obligation to do so. And if you if you uh, need to have a seat in the middle of it, that's fine. But like I said, we came in. I came in tonight to worship God. Amen. And that's what we're going to do. And I'm thankful we have victory in Jesus. I'm thankful I'm on the winning side. I'm thankful those that know the Lord are on the winning side. And we cannot lose for winning if we are the children of God. Amen. And I hope you know that you are tonight. If not, you are in the best place you can be in to get that knowledge tonight. Amen. And not just a knowledge for your head, but you can have a heart knowledge that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know without any shadow of a doubt that you're saved by the grace of God going to heaven when you leave this world. And uh, we can sing tonight that we're on the winning side because of Jesus. Amen. Whatever life brings, we're ready for it. Amen. And we can do it with victory and we can do it with joy because we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Amen. Because because the victory was won at Calvary, and Jesus is the great victor. Amen. So let's sing together, and Brother Josh will have Brother Tommy. You come lead us in that, and then you sing a couple of songs for us when we get done. If we get done singing, I'm on the winning side. Let's just worship God tonight. Amen. Church, thank you for being here. Visitors, thank you so much for coming. We're honored by your presence, and we hope you look forward to going to church with us tonight too. Amen. Let's sing. Two hundred seventy-two.
that I believe the Lord ministers to our heart is through music. And uh, one of my prayers throughout today, and I, I'm, visitors, I'm sorry. I know we came tonight for a, a very joyous time, but in that joyous time we're still connected to a lot of sorrow. And part of being a church family is, is we go through all this stuff together. And... Uh, One of the things I've been praying all day is that 
And I know Brother Josh was coming, and I know the, the gifts and the talents the Lord's given him, and uh, gifts I don't have, amen. And, uh, but I, I knew that, and I, I've been praying all day that the Lord would give grace and that he would minister. And one of the specific things I prayed for was to minister to our heart in the music. Because there's healing when it comes to these good old-fashioned songs. And, um, and I think you'd all say amen to that. That hearing about, I mean, the songs he sang, the new grace, and, and I mean, just, just every line of every song is spoken to my heart. And uh, one of the things that we've had to learn this last week is this family, which is a, is a good portion of our church, but um, also connected with Michael and Ashley and Natalie. One of the things they've had to learn this week is what it, not that that song is true, because I believe they've always known that song's true, but they've lived it this week. And uh, let the, had to let God give a grace that they've never had to have before. Uh, it was one of the things I was talking to some of the family about that's come up over and over again is, I know Brother Tommy said it, Brother Lewis and others, I've heard those two men specifically say this to me, that said, Preacher, it's amazing. Here we are in our 60s, and we still have both of our parents until this morning. And uh, what an amazing grace of God that is. I mean, Brother Tommy, 60, 65 years of life, and you've never needed that grace before right now. And I'm thankful for a God that gives new grace. Yes. And He gives more grace. And He gives grace through every trial. And He gives grace for every mile. And whatever we need, He'll give. Amen. And I bless His name for that. Amen. And uh, I was thinking about, brother, what was the name of the song you sang right before New Grace? No need. To, I know the song. I, my mind's just everywhere tonight. Amen. No need to doubt him now. And I think about, and I, I mentioned to Miss Mariana this morning that I don't know if I'll ever in my life forget this. One week ago tonight was kind of where everything, this whole valley for this family started. And I went up there and, uh, and visited with Miss Caldwell some and with the family and um, she was still still struggling to breathe a little bit but still able to sit up and be kind of somewhat, for lack of a better term, somewhat independent, not, not in a bed, but able to sit up in a chair. And we spent time praying and spent some time singing, which with their family, just all of you around the room, you know just as better than I do, the way this family processes life events, good or bad, is in, with singing. And uh, if it wasn't for singing, uh, I don't know where they'd be. Amen. They've just, that's their response to when, when things are up, they sing and they praise God. When things are down, they still sing and they praise the Lord and, and, and let God minister to them through singing. Something they learned from preacher and Miss Caldwell on all those nights traveling back and forth to meetings just singing and until uh, they didn't have a voice anymore, they just sang. And uh, so they've, 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 always, they've always been a singing family. And uh, one of the things that I remember that I don't think I'll ever forget is right, right after we had a time of singing a little bit and uh, I was kneeling down holding Miss Caldwell's hand, and uh, Marianna walked up to her and said, Mama, has God ever failed you? 
did she, Brother Josh, with as hard as she could to breathe, I mean, looked almost offended at the thought that I had been asked that question. She said, shook her little head and said, never, never, God has never failed me. No, No need to doubt him now. He's never failed us before. And he never will. And uh, I'm going to ask you tonight, take your Bibles with me for a few moments and turn to Psalm 139. I wasn't planning on preaching tonight, but I'll be honest with you, me and Brother Josh and Pastor Josh Montgomery that just sang a moment ago, this is Michael and Ashley's pastor now. God uh, let me be their pastor for a little while and uh, then moved his job and they said they had a meeting with me and said, Preacher, we would like your advice on where to go to church. I asked them where they were headed and they said Charlotte and, and I said, well, I said, that's you know, or near the Charlotte area, and I said, that's close enough to Salisbury, and uh, amen, there's not much in Salisbury, but there is a good church there, and uh, and a dear friend of mine pastors there, so my exact words to him, Brother Josh, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, was, I said, you need to go there first, try there first, if that's not where God wants you, that's fine, but you need to go there first, and they did, and they've stayed, and, um, but, um, I'm thankful of the, the privilege of being able to pastor them and and uh, Brother Josh. We called and talked this morning and trying to figure out. Michael and Ashley decided this morning when Brother Michael's grandmother passed and went to glory that they still wanted to do the dedication service. We were going to leave. Both of us were going to leave that to them. They said they still wanted to do the dedication service despite everything that happened this morning, which I was hoping Brother Michael would say um, because I just, number one, I believe it's right. Number two, I believe that's what your grandmother would have wanted, and uh, I believe that uh, God is going to let us dedicate that little baby and ask that the same Spirit of God that was on her great-grandmother and on her family will be upon her. And uh, whatever God wants for her life, but maybe God just might let her marry a soldier of the cross like your grandfather and uh, just might use her life in a similar way. But uh, Brother Josh, he called me, and we'll, when we talked, or I called him back, and uh, he said, he said, Preacher, I don't have to preach tonight. If you feel led to minister to your people some, I don't have to preach. I'm just here. And uh, so I don't know what the Lord will do, but I did get this thought this afternoon, and I, I feel like it ties what our church is going through. I, I, I will say this. I know that if I don't mind the Lord and share what's on my heart tonight, I'll never have an opportunity like this to minister to our congregation, and uh, y'all give me just a few minutes, Psalm 139, and uh, something the Lord just put on my heart just a couple of hours ago, read the Word of God with me, let's stand together, you've been seated a while, let's stand together, I know we've stood up some already, not trying to be a Catholic church where it's up and down or another denomination, but yet I'm probably going to do it apparently tonight, amen. But the Word of God says in Psalm 139, of course, this is a psalm of David that was written to the chief musician to be set to music and for the children of Israel to sing. Verse number 1 of Psalm 139, the Bible says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my fault afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted 
with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, note that phrase, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Now notice verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And my soul knoweth. And excuse me. And that. Let me not forget that word. And that. That fault. That truth. My soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy faults unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sea. When I awake, I am still with thee. You may be seated. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and then I'll do my best to give a little thought the Lord's placed on my heart for tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence once again as thankfully and humbly, Lord, as we know how. Thanking you, Lord, for another day, and Lord God, another glorious opportunity you've given us to be here in your house with your people. And Lord, we realize that we've never had necessarily a service like this. Lord, I think about what the Bible says concerning David and his family's relationship with uh, Lord Jonathan, where the Word of God says that, uh, he, that he would be missed because his seat is empty. And Lord, we realize that that is the case for our church. There'll always be an empty seat always be an empty place. But Lord God, we're so thankful for the times that the seat was filled and the times that you allow us to, Lord God, have our beloved member and Lord God, Miss Caldwell, and what a blessing she's been to all of us. Lord, we didn't, we didn't come in tonight to make the service about her. Lord, as much as we love her, Lord, she would not, would not want us to make the service about her in any way. But Lord, she'd want you to get the glory. 
And Father, I pray that you'd forgive me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, and use me for your glory for just a few moments. Lord God, that I may try to minister the Word of God to our people during this hurting and this hurting and uh, Lord God, uh, this sensitive time that we're in. Lord God, not just as a family, although Lord, there's great sorrow there, but as a church family. Lord, I pray that you would do a work of healing and do a work of ministering and strengthening and giving grace and new grace and grace upon grace and more grace everywhere it's needed. Father, I do pray that in the few moments that following the conclusion of the service, I pray, God, that you'd bless in the baby dedication. And I pray, dear Lord, God, that your will would just be done in all things. If there is one here tonight that's not saved, I pray, God, they would be saved. If there's one here tonight that it's not where they need to be with you, they're saved, but they're backslid. I pray, God, they'd get right with you before they leave. And Heavenly Father, we do pray for all of the saints of God that you'd minister to each heart in the way that only you can and in a way that you desire to. And Father, we'll thank you, Lord, for what you do in the name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Tonight, for just a few moments, I want to preach on the subject and it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound a little odd, but this is what the Lord put on my heart. A glorious truth about grand entrances. A glorious truth Amen. about grand entrances. When we come to Psalm 139 here in this book of Psalms, we realize that the psalmist David is pouring out his heart before the Lord. And as he pours out his heart before the Lord, there is one truth that permeates 24 verses of scriptural text here in this 139th Psalm. And that truth is a, as I mentioned in the title, it is a glorious truth. And the glorious truth is the fact that God knows us. Amen. Throughout all of these verses, in particular and emphatically in the first 18 verses that we've read, the, the glorious truth of it all is that we have a God that knows us. He knows everything about us. He knows what we're going through. He knows our faults. He knows our feelings. He knows our hurts. He knows our joys. He knows everything that goes on with us. And I'm telling you tonight, church, that is a wonderful truth. It is a grand truth to know that God is aware of what we deal with as his children. Yes, sir. When our church is hurting, God knows. The Bible says that we have, a, we have a Savior that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. In other words, He knows what we feel when He, now he hasn't, He didn't go through in His earthly life every single thing we'll go through but because His heavenly Father sent Him into this world He was with God in heaven before the foundation of the world just as much God as God the Father and God the Holy Ghost but when God sent Jesus into this world in Bethlehem's manger to be the earthly son of Mary and Joseph so that he would live 33 and a half years of a perfect life without sin, without spot, so that he could go to an old rugged cross. He could shed every drop of his sinless, pure, perfect blood. And he could go to that cross that I deserved and that every person that's ever crossed the face of this world deserves. Amen. For being a sinner by birth, by nature, and by choice. 
Christ. He went to that cross for us. He was born for that reason. And God sent him into the world. And by doing that, he put him into humanity. And by putting him into humanity, amen, in a body of flesh just like we have, he was connected to us in that way. He knows what we are going through. Yes, sir. And because of that, God's able to help us in our moments of need. When the psalmist said that he is a very present help in trouble all those years ago, he said he's a very present help. And today and in this moment with what we're going through as a congregation and as this family, I want you to know that God knows what you're going through. We've already experienced it, but it is a glorious truth that we need to remember tonight. Three entrances I see in this text that this glorious truth centers around. Look at verse number 8. The psalmist said this, and he's talking about the knowledge of God. He said there in verse 1, O Lord, Thou hast searched me. In other words, you have examined me. Literally, the word means that you have dug down deep in me. You've done an examining work. You have got down to the depths of me, and you know who I am in my very core. He said, O Lord, Thou hast searched me, and Thou hast known me. That means to know intimately. That is to have a knowledge that is so close that no one else can have that kind of knowledge but Him. If God has searched me and He has known me, I can imagine that I'm in a pretty good place. Verse Two, he said, Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. That word downsetting carries the idea of being broken in pieces. It carries the idea of being captive, being taken away from one's homeland. This word literally is used to speak of when one is weary and needs to take a rest. In other words, downsetting. It means when you need to sit down. When you are in a very bad place, like being broken in pieces. It's a word picture associated with this. Being carried away captive, the Jews carried into a land that was not their own, and being forced into a culture that was not their own because of their sin. That was a bad place to be, and all God wanted for them was to get back home. But even in the worst of places, when you are weary, and family, I know you are. I'm surprised many of you are looking at me today and you're awake. Church, well, before we leave tonight, let's make sure, and I, I say this for this family, and I would say it for you if it was your family, let's make sure to love on them. In the last week, many of them have maybe slept a couple hours a night at best. They know what it is to just say, I could use a break. I I, I need to sit down. I'm so weary. I'm so, so exhausted. My life has brought me to exhaustion. Here the Bible says, when you get to that place, God knows. And He knows intimately. And He knows your faults. He knows who you are and everything about you when you get there. And the most amazing thing about it is, not only does this word imply that God knows, but it carries the idea that God knows and God is able to do something about it. Thou knowest my downsettings and then my uprising, the exact opposite. When When I get up, 
and I have to pick myself up. Some of you probably, y'all are here tonight because you had to just pick yourself up. Not because you felt like being here, but because you've picked yourself up. you forced yourself to come. You have risen up by your own volition. It carries the idea of building. When pieces have been broken, that down setting. But then when you have to take the broken pieces and try to put them back together. Sure. God knows. Right. Aren't you glad God knows? Amen. With church, I'm telling you what we're going to be doing in these days. Not that we, again, I, I use the verse that's been a blessing to me this past week. We don't sorrow as those that have no, have no hope. Right, right. But we are going to sorrow. Sure. This family's going to be broken. That's right. This church is going to be, have some brokenness to it. Sure. There will always be a seat that's empty. That's right. Yep. There will always be a time where we'd say, I'd love to hear Miss Caldwell get back on that piano. Right. Sing that song again. Sure. Right. There's going to be those times to where we're going to see herself all over this building. Preacher's going to see her all over the house. They're so active, you're going to see them everywhere in this county, I'm sure. Just so busy for the Lord. But when you get to the place where your life has been broken to pieces, and you come into the place where you're going to rise up of your own volition and say, it's time to pick up the pieces, God knows. Amen. Verse 3, thou compassed my path. In other words, you have enclosed my path. You've enclosed my steps, my journey, and my lying down. You have enclosed everywhere I'm going to go. You've circled me in. There's, in other words, what, he, what he's saying is, it's everywhere I go on the path of life. He is so surrounding me. Everywhere I go, I just bump into Jesus. Amen. If, I, if I go over here, he's there. If I go over here, he's there. And just everywhere, everywhere we go, he compasseth our paths and, and the Bible says this and, and that he compasseth our lying down when you are weary right. and you're laying down and in those moments of rest you know what the Bible says family you know what you're going to do tonight you're going to go home and hopefully for the first time in a week you're going to lay down and to the best of your ability you're going to try to get some rest when y'all lay down on that bed tonight, you put your head on the pillow. Preacher, when you put your head on that pillow, y'all keep this thought in mind that all over you, surrounding you, is the presence of our God. Amen. He's promised it. Yes. Promised it in His Word. Even when you lay down, I'm going to enclose you. That, amen. That's a good place to be. Yes. And He says, I'm acquainted with, that He's acquainted with all our ways. He's acquainted with every step that we take, every journey that we'll make, everywhere we'll go, every way that we're going to take. He's acquainted with it. He knows it. Verse 4, He said, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. He knows it not only does he know everywhere we go and everything we're going to do? He knows everything we're going to say even before we say it. God knows us that intimately. Amen. I, you know, me and my wife, we've been married for going on seven years. We have three beautiful children together. She knows me better than any human being on this planet. But she doesn't know me that intimately. 
She doesn't know what I'm going to say before I say it. She doesn't know what words are in my mouth and what, what thoughts are in my head, but God knows us that intimately. Verse 4, he says, Thou hast beset me behind. In other words, that he's pressed us in. He's, he's, he's bundled us up together behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. In other words, he's stating the fact again a different way. That is Hebrew poetry to emphasize something by stating it again a different way. In other words, he said that everywhere I go before, in front of me and behind me, God, you just press me in. Right. You're in front of me, you're behind me, and I'm just sandwiched right there in the middle of your presence. He says, and when he's pressing them and he's got his presence surrounding them, he said, and you've laid your hand upon me. Amen. I hope if you have not done so already, church, I hope we as a family, as a church family that, that loves and cares for this family that we are mourning and celebrating tonight, I hope you feel and I hope they feel the hand of God upon them in this time. He's that close. Amen. His hands are promised here. Verse 6, he said, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot obtain unto it. In other words, he said, he's saying, I just cannot wrap my mind around how much God really knows about me. I can't, I can't even fathom how God would care about me that much to know everything about me and say, and this, this boggles my mind to think that he knows everything about me. And before I say anything, or even think to say it, right. we as Christians, we may not say everything we think, but sometimes, amen, uh, it'd be a bad thing if people around us knew things we thought. That's right. God knows what we think. God knows what we say. And He knows everything about it, even before it comes. The stuff you hide and hold in from everybody else, God knows, and He Amen. still places His hand upon right. us. Amen. For God to love me enough to do that, and to be a forgiving enough God to do that, that that's too wonderful for me. Amen. I, in other words, what He's saying is, is, I cannot comprehend it. I cannot understand it. He goes into verse number 7, and He says, I cannot attain unto it. My mind can't even get high enough to grasp that idea, that grand truth. Amen. Look here, verse 7, he says, whether, I, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence. He's already set up. God's with us everywhere we go. His presence is everywhere. He's sandwiched us in. He's pressing us in. He's encircled us everywhere we go. We bump into God's presence. Good. Notice what he says here in verse 8. If I stand up into heaven... Thou art there. Amen. Remember I mentioned tonight I'm preaching on a glorious truth for grand entrances. Grand entrance number one I see in this passage is a grand entrance to heaven. Right. The Bible here says if I, sh he says if I shall ascend up into heaven, thou art there. This, morning, this evening rather, none of us have done that yet. Right. But Miss Caldwell sure did. Sure. She ascended up to heaven at 5.22 this morning. And she found out she left the presence of God here. And when she got over there, His presence was just as real as it was here. Amen. Actually more real than it was here. Amen. Amen. God's, I, know, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I, I've, I've preached it and I've seen it this week. I have stated over and over again in preaching this church, you've heard me say it, that when a child of God makes their crossing, there is a reason why the Bible calls it sleep. 
right. and not death. Right. For though the, when the Bible talks about a Christian dying, it talks about us going to sleep. Right. And the reason is, is because of the peacefulness that God gives as a child of God ascends to heaven. Right. Paul said that the sting of death has been removed. Amen. Everything that makes that would make that crossing difficult and hard. God, and I, now I will say this for somebody that may be wondering, preacher, not everybody dies easy that claims to know the Lord. That's exactly true. There have been Christians that have died in car accidents. Great preachers have died in plane crashes. Preachers I know have died with agonizing cancers and body frail bodies and but I can promise you this brother Montgomery you can correct me if I'm wrong the the process to that crossing may be agonizing but I believe that moment of the crossing Absolutely. when they do cross the Jordan Amen. spiritually I believe it cannot be anything but peaceful Amen. the Lord called it sleep Amen. I watched it this week sure I watched a godly lady die like a Christian Amen. Amen. And be given the peace of God and a new grace that's absolutely unbelievable. The presence of God. And there, when one makes an entrance into heaven, he's promised his presence. And he, the, he, he knows everything. Think about this, friend. When Miss Caldwell got over there, we can't physically right now go where she is unless we were to leave this world too. One day, I'm thankful that we will be able to go where she is for those of us that know the Lord. And if you don't, if you get saved tonight, you can go where she is. Amen. But I'll say this right now, we can't go. We have to go by way of death. We can't check on her like we used to. We can't walk up to her house and see how she's doing and hold her hands and have a word of prayer. But there is one that knows exactly how she's doing. There is one that's very close to her. We can go and hold her hand and check on her, but there's one that does that job a whole lot better than we can. It's with her tonight. There's a grand entrance to heaven and to know that God knows what she needs. Think about this, number two, a grand entrance not only to heaven but to hurt. Think about what verse 10 says. He says, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Yes. Verse 11 he says, if I say surely the darkness shall cover me. Uh, that, that word that word cover uh, literally carries with the idea of uh, being completely engulfed. It, uh, the word picture with it, you can look it up if you want to. The word picture with it is what a snake does when it gets a hold of that right. mouse or whatever it's eating. It carries the idea of a snake bite when he grabs that prey and then as it begins to swallow. And we all know what that looks like. That's what cover means here in the text. In other words, he's talking about darkness. Those times where we feel like darkness, misery, hard times, pain, difficulties are over our head and swallowing us up and strangling us up and just choking us out. When we feel like darkness has done that, the Bible here says, when if I say surely the darkness shall cover me, he says even the night shall be light about me. In other words, he said, if I feel like I am being overcome with darkness, when God knows about me and with his presence surrounded 
surrounding me. He said, even the darkness shall, shall see like the light of day. In other words, it's not a big deal Amen. when you get God on the scene. Verse 12, he said, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. In other words, God, the darkness is no, the pain, the struggle, the heartache, the misery, the, the, the grief, amen, uh, the, 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 the uh, confusion, the I wish and I wonder, all of those things. When he says the darkness hideth not from thee, he's saying all of those times cannot handle God. That's right. Darkness cannot match all of the darkness of life and the issues of life cannot handle our God. He's victorious over it all. Amen. Hallelujah. Surely the darkness shall, uh, amen, verse 11, cover me. Even the night uh, shall be light about me. Yeah, the darkness hideth not from thee. The night shineth as the day, and darkness and, light, uh, uh, darkness and the light are both alike to thee. In other words, God, darkness and light, they don't bother you at all. It's all the same to you, whether it's sun shiny and rosy in my life or whether I'm in the depths of despair for you you can handle it all the same Amen. verse 13 we see not only a grand entrance to heaven and grand entrance to hurt and by the way family I know it doesn't seem like a grand glorious entrance to what you're going through but I will say this in the, in the strength of its just just massive nature in your life it's a grand entrance it's a big hurt but aren't you glad God knows? Amen. Aren't you glad there's the presence of God to get you through it all? Aren't you glad that darkness cannot handle our God? As low as you may get emotionally, thank God there's a God in heaven that can handle it. Darkness does not scare him, just like light does not scare him. The hard times in life that we go through, he can handle just as much as the good times, the valleys, just as much as the mountaintops. Amen. Amen entrance to heaven, grand entrance to hurt, but lastly, I see a grand entrance to hear. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Look at verse 13. He says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Brother Michael, Miss Ashley, why don't y'all come? Y'all have a seat next to your pastor here. He says, for thou hast possessed my reins. In other words, God, you, you have all of me. You possess all of me, my mind, my emotions, my understanding, my body. All of that is wrapped up with this word reins here. Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And that, that word covered there, it's interesting. In the Hebrew language that the Psalms come from, that word covered is not the same cover. Because I'm glad to know that when it comes to being in your mother's womb, you're not drowning under an engulfed darkness. Here's what the Bible's saying there when it says, you covered me in my mother's womb. Brother Michael, what it means is, is you put a cover of protection over me. The reason why that precious baby is here is because all through the nine months of that pregnancy, there was a God that was covering her. There was a God that was protecting her, making sure she'd be here. God knows 
everything she needed when she was in that womb. I believe that God's presence was in her, right, was in that womb with her protecting her, holding her, making sure she was okay, taking care of this precious little girl. When we're ready to go to heaven, God is there with us. When we're going through the darkest days of our life, there's a God that's with us that knows us and he's, His presence is there. And then when it comes to the most precious little things in this world, and they arrive here. In a world that will be hard for them. In a world that is sin cursed. In a world that is no friend to what this couple is praying for that little girl. No friend to a child of God. No friend to a clean living little girl in a day where they are wanting to create our girls into the harlots of the world. There's a God that has covered her, cares for her. The Bible said in verse 14, the, the cry of the psalmist is because he's possessed, my, because he possessed my reins, because he covered me in my mother's womb. He said, because of that, I will praise thee. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I think we can all look at that beautiful baby girl and say, we have a wonderful God that truly does create masterpieces to take two flawed, and I say that respectfully, two flawed, two sinful people and make something while she's still a sinner. I know y'all can't believe it yet, but the Bible says it, so it's true. Hey Amen. She'll show us one day she's not perfect. I'm sure Brother Michael and Miss Ashley already know. Amen. But as beautiful as she is, there's only one person that is able to make something like that. And that's the Lord. Amen. He does a masterful work when He creates children. He brings them to this world. And that just shows the wonderful things that God knows what she needs. God protected her in the most vulnerable part of her life where she's supposed to be safer than any. And by the way, that word covered there, it tells us that it is supposed to be the most protected place on this earth for babies. I know we're living in a world that wants to say we should take them out and destroy life in the womb. But the Bible right there is saying it should be the most protective place. Amen. God's giving protection. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous. Are thy works. I think we'd all say amen to that. We look at the work of God in that precious little face, say, Marvelous are thy works. It says, I think mom and dad say amen to this, and that my soul knoweth right well. Amen. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. I know that right well. Amen. Verse 15, my substance. Who I am, my being, my body. Speaking about a child in the womb here. David speaking about his life before he came into the world. But this applies to all of us. He says, my substance was not hid from thee. Even in the womb, God's watching and God's aware. And when I was made in secret in a place where nobody saw, and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth, even in that place, in that mother's womb where nobody could see, and it was almost like the lowest parts of the earth just being created there. God, even though mom and dad couldn't look inside and see without the technology, we have technology, but it's not like just looking through a glass window at baby. It's not like peeking over in a crib like they get to do now. But even in those dark places and depths of the womb, right. the Bible said, even though they couldn't see, God did. And God knew. It says there, verse 16, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. Now, 
I understand that we, we just mentioned that all of those that are born in the world, born of Adam's race, are sinners. When the Bible here talks about being unperfect, what its meaning is, is even before she was even finished being made, even when she was just the smallest pieces of human life, the very moment of conception when the, when the body began to begin to grow and she was just the smallest of sizes, being unperfect, not being completed yet, not being uh, the, what she is today. The Bible said even in those moments God did see her substance, saw who she was. And think about this, and, I, and there, there's much we could say about this, but the Bible here says, and in thy book all my members were written. If you study 1 Corinthians 12, the parts of the body, the fingers, the toes, all of the, the nose, the ears, all of those are called members in the scriptures. All of these beautiful little toes, all these beautiful little fingers. Before she was ever completed, Brother Michael, before she was ever in your hands, before she was ever in her mama's arms, God already had those fingers and those toes and those little eyes and that little mouth and those little no that little nose and those little ears. Amen. God had it in His book. Amen. Can I tell you, that's how much God cares about us. Amen. Before you even knew you, God knew you. Amen. Before you even knew anything about you, God cared so much that even the smallest parts of who we are, He recorded it down in a book in God's record of remembrance, and He has it there to stay because He cares. The Bible says, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. In other words, as they grew. Brother Michael, when her heart began to beat, and baby began to beat, detect the very first, very first heartbeat, God knew it. And then the, the first time she was able to wiggle her hands as that process began from the first step to the next step to the next step. What this verse is telling us is God knew the very first time little Natalie would move her finger. God had it in His book. Before she, was ever, before she was ever completed, God knew the day she'd move that finger for the first time. God knew the day her heart would begin to beat. God knew the first time she would roll over in your belly. God had all that written down. And as it was progressing in continuance, is what I'm talking about, as that process was continuing, God knew every step. Notice what He says, when as yet there was none of them even before it ever happened. God knew. If you think this evening that God doesn't care about you, I can tell you the only authority of your the authority of God's word, you're wrong. God cared about you way before you even knew about yourself. Before your mom and dad ever met you, God cared about you. Verse number verse number 17 says, "How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them if I should count them." They are more in number than the sand. And then I like this, when I wake, I'm still with thee. In other words, when I wake up in the morning, God, you still hadn't quit thinking about me. I'm still on your mind. When I've went to sleep and I've stopped thinking about you, when I wake in the morning before my first thought, you've never stopped thinking about me. Right. I've never got off your mind. What's a grand truth tonight? The fact that God knows. The fact that what God knows about us, He still cares. He still ministers to us by His Spirit. And He cares so much for us in every moment of life. Whether the joy of going to heaven, whether the sorrow that's left in 
in times of hurt and darkness and discouragement or in the wonderful time where a new life discovers here for the first time. God's with us. I'm so thankful for Psalm 139 tonight, and uh, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. Let's, let's have just a brief moment of prayer. But Josh, you go to the piano, play for us for just a moment. And I'm going to give folks time to respond, then we will, I'll turn it over to Pastor Josh and let him dedicate this young one to the Lord. But I'll, let's let, for, for those of you that are able, let's stand together. Miss Ashley, Brother Michael, y'all don't have to stand unless you just want to. I know getting up and getting down with a baby may not always be so advisable. If you need to utilize the altar tonight, the altars are open. Brother Josh, you sing.
a seat tonight. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse number 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And notice what he says here in verse 7. Here's a command to us as parents from the Lord. He says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them. Listen to this, Mom and Dad. Shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. For thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine head, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly, goodly, goodly cities which thou biddest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and been full. He says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, which we know is a picture of sin and from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from the face of the earth. He tells us that we are to diligently keep the commandments of the Lord our God to keep His testimonies and His statutes which He has commanded us. Verse 18 says, and, shalt, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go and prosper, or excuse me, go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. The Lord has given you quite a commission, quite a command to raise that young lady in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, keep the Word of God in your house. But Michael, you keep standing. God's called you to preach. Keep pre preaching the Bible. Mama, you keep living Christ in front of your little girl, showing her what a godly lady looks like. Keep progressing in your faith. Keep her in the house of God. Keep what He says here. Keep the Word of God. Teach it diligently to them. Talk, talk about the Word of God to them and always keep it in front of them. That's the verse the Lord put on my heart to share with you tonight. Pastor, you come. Well, it's good to be saved, amen. You're in the house of the Lord. Appreciate the good preaching tonight. I want to say one word about Sister Caldwell. Um, I'm in a camp meeting this week in uh, Bowling Springs, and this year is the 75th anniversary of the Greer Camp Meeting. And uh, so Brother Joe Arthur was preaching Monday and Tuesday, and my dad is... Uh, he does whatever needs to be done around there. <laughs> Sign, does the treasury work? And next week they're replacing seven of them big old poles. They've rotted after 60 years. So imagine that. But he, he uh, come up to me this morning. He said they're writing a book for the 75th anniversary for the camp, commemorating it. 
And uh, he said, Brother Joe's asked me to write a chapter, and he said, he's asked me to find a couple. He said, there's a specific couple that they came every night to the camp meeting and sat in the middle section on the left-hand side on the second row and came every night. And Daddy said, you know, she went to heaven this morning. I said, I'm going to her church tonight. Right. And, and I said, here's the rest of the story you don't know. They live in Columbia, Lexington, and they drove back and forth every night. Right. And uh, no telling how many of the Kelly Queen hot dogs they ate <laughs> at the Greer Camp meeting. Amen. And uh, what a heritage, amen. amen. Verse Scripture got on my heart tonight, and I know you're very tired. I'm not going to preach. I want to read a verse Scripture. The Lord has done what needed to be done tonight, and I appreciate. I'm going to say this to the church. I appreciate your pastor's sensitivity to the Holy Ghost and his selflessness. Pastor Appreciation Weekend, and he just puts it off aside to honor so I'll say this to the church, you need to remember that and make sure that gets taken care of. Amen. I know you will. He wouldn't say that, but I will. Amen. And he didn't tell me to say that. I love Michael and Ashley and Natalie. They're such a blessing. And uh, I'm not for stealing church members from churches, but I'll take one at least for two hours away. I'll take them. And uh, here's the verse the Lord put on my heart tonight. Psalm 84, verse 3 says, Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, yes. and the swallow nests for herself, where she may lay her young. Yeah. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. There were two altars in that tabernacle, in that temple. You had the altar of incense coming in. You had the, the mercy seat altar, the brazen altar, the altar of incense, and actually three, and then you had, of course, the mercy seat. And they represented prayer and sacrifice. And that sparrow was the smallest of the fowls. You remember Jesus talking about in Matthew, I think it's chapter 12, are not uh, one sparrow sold for two farthings, or five sparrows for, for or one, one sparrow for one farthing, or excuse me, I'll get it right in a second. I was trying to read it before. One sparrow for two farthings, or you get two farthings, you get five sparrows. In other words, you got an extra one in on the deal because it's, it's a lowly bird. Not many, not many people think much about it. But aren't you glad that the one, the little bird that the world didn't think much about right. found a house, found a place to lay her young on the altars? Amen. And the world don't think much of us, but aren't you glad that we found a place to raise our babies on these altars. Amen. Amen. And that is my challenge. We, this, obviously, and I, I think you know this on Wednesday night, this is not Natalie's salvation. Right. We don't we don't sprinkle, we're not we're not confirming her. We're simply doing what Hannah done in first Samuel chapter one and chapter two, she gave Samuel back to the Lord. And that's what we're doing with little Natalie. And um, I do things a little bit different. The Lord put this on my heart uh <laughs> coming off the piano just a moment ago. She's got four preachers in her life. And uh, I've I got a friend of mine does Kentucky. First of all, we're going to take my Bible and we're going we're going to do what the Bible says. We're going to lay her on the altar. And so I've got my Bible. We're going to lay her on. And then I got Brother Lawson's, and we're going. I do read my Bible. Mine's just newer than his. His it looks like I never read my Bible, but I do. And then uh, I stole the preacher's Bible. Amen. I said, can I have you? I looked, I said, can I have your Bible? And he looked at me a little strange. You never, preachers never give another preacher their Bible, <laughs> especially for his outlines. Amen. And I got that. And then I got, Michael, I know it, I got his Bible. Because she's got four preachers in her life. Right. 
And the preacher read the verses in Deuteronomy that uh, that Word of God is supposed to be your guide. And uh, Brother Michael, I want you to bring Natalie up and, and Miss Ashley if you want to come, maybe sit on the altar, however it's easiest for you. And Michael, I want you to sit her on these Bibles. Preacher, I want you to come pray with us. Is that right? All right, Pastor, Preacher. Come kneel with us on the altar, Pastor, and you, you direct that. We're going to pray together, and we're going to sit little Natalie on the Word of God and the heritage she has, the future she has, and uh, thank God for that. And while we pray, I want you to pray with us. And this is carnal, and somebody take a picture. Amen. 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 Let's pray together and ask God to bless this little girl. Lord God, in Jesus' name, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to come before you in prayer. Lord, I thank you, God, for this family. Thank you, Lord, for the heritage of this family. Lord, I thank you, God, for the preacher and his wife, Lord, and the heritage. Lord, the, Lord, the, uh, Lord, the institution, Lord, they have set up raising their family in the house of God, and we thank you for that. I thank you for Michael and Ashley, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for saving them. God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, bringing them together, and God, blessing their home and with this little girl. And God, I pray, God, in Jesus' name, God, you put a hedge protection around this little girl. Lord, I pray, Lord, you keep the world, the flesh, and the devil away from her. God, I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, I pray that you would protect her physically or protect her emotionally or protect her spiritually, God, I pray. Lord, I, God, I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, touch her heart, Lord, when she gets old enough, God, I pray you put her in the Holy Ghost conviction. God, show her her need of her Savior, and God, I pray you'd save her by your grace. Lord, I pray, God, you use her life for your glory. Lord, I pray, God, that the devil would not lay one finger on this little girl. Lord, I pray, Lord, for mom and dad, God, that you'd help them to be what they need to be. Lord, I pray for us preachers. God, the examples in her life. God, I pray help us to stand true and stay firm and not quit. But Lord, keep on preaching for the glory and honor of God. Lord, bless this little girl, we pray. Lord, may many souls come to Christ through her life. Lord, I pray you put the mantle of her great-grandmother upon her. God, fill her with the Holy Ghost. And God, use her, I pray. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for it. Thank you for this precious girl. May she always be raised on the altar. Oh, God, in Jesus' name. Before we all run off, let's stand and somebody get a picture of all of us together. You, amen. How many times been in a service, something special happens, and I said, I wish I would have got a picture. And nobody did. So let's get a picture real quick, and then, Pastor, I'm done. Amen. If, you, if you're going to pray for this little girl, say amen. amen. If you're going to pray for her church, say amen. amen. If you're going to pray for her pastor, say amen. amen. If you're going to pray for each other with what influence we'll have, say amen. Amen. All right. Good to be in God's house tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Visitors, thank you so much for coming. I know it's a longer service than any of us are used to, and uh, but there was just several things we had to take care of tonight. And uh, and it's just been a different different week for us. And I'm so thankful for the good presence of God and uh, how we're able to end on such a wonderful note. Thank God. Amen. I'm praying that that little girl be able to be 
what God would have for her to be. But if she ends up being like a little bit like her great grandmother, I think we'll all be okay with that. Amen. And uh, God, I know there's only going to be one Mary Lee Caldwell, and there's only going to be one Natalie Brooke Caldwell. But thank God. Amen. Maybe, maybe God will use her in a great way, and that's what we're praying for. And uh, the devil doesn't have to have all of our young people. Amen. I know folks want us to believe that, but we don't have to. Amen. We give them to God early. They already start out with a better chance of serving God and living for God. Amen. I appreciate Michael and Ashley. I appreciate you guys taking this step. You'll never regret that you did. And uh, I've got something for you. Both of y'all to sign in your spot. This certificate says Certificate of Dedication. We, Michael and Ashley Caldwell, dedicate ourselves to the Christian nurturing of Natalie Brooke Caldwell. We faith we are faithfully entering into this commitment of Beacon Baptist Church. It gives address as part of the congregational worship, and it gives today's date, and then has a place for each of the men that we're a part of tonight to sign. And uh, and I appreciate the Lord's goodness. Amen. Y'all sign that with Caldwell. I still need your signature on here. Sign that for them, and it'll be official. And there's your keepsake of what God's done tonight. Amen. Love you guys. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we sure do love you. God, we're so thankful for what you've done for us tonight. The, the good grace of God has been all we could hope for tonight. And Lord, you're better to us than we deserve. And Father, we just love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful crowd. We pray that you would minister to this family. We pray, God, that you'd minister to Michael and Ashley. Lord, keep them in your will. Help them to never walk away from your will. Lord, I'd love to see Michael never walk away from the old-time way. Amen. That if he lives to be as old as his grandfather is at 80, 86 years old, I pray that he'll still be standing on the same truth, walking down the same old paths, preaching out of the same Bible, carrying on that legacy. Lord, I have a little girl and or maybe even some other children behind that it looked like many of these would say, and even Michael would say of his grandfather that they're so thankful he stood and he dedicated his life to the Amen. Lord and sure. has never looked back. I pray that you'd help this couple never to look back. Lord, we do thank you, Lord, for his Caldwell's home going. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd allow her great-granddaughter, Lord, to be able to continue in those footsteps of the godly lady. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for all of that you've done tonight, all the good singing, all the all the truth that's been presented from the Word of God. I do pray if there's one here that's not saved, Lord, they come to know you before they leave these grounds. Father, do the work in your, Lord, in the hearts of your creation as only you can. We thank the Lord so much for those that have visited with us tonight, taking the time out of their evening to come and share in this moment for this family and to come to, to hear the Word of God and that allowed me so kindly to be able to preach the Bible and pastor my church. And Lord God, try to minister to this church family during this difficult day. And Father, I thank the Lord so much for their attention and their kindness as well as all of those in our church body. Father, we, we again, we say that we love you. We thank the Lord that we can love you because you first loved us. Have your will in your way. See us home safely. And bless, dear God, I pray in the days ahead. Help us, Lord, until we gather back together again in this place. Help us to go faithfully serving you and full of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen and amen. Church, thank you again for being here. You are at liberty to go. You're dismissed. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.